Hello and welcome to the Helping Organisations Thrive podcast. This is your host, Julian Roberts. This podcast is to provide leaders with insights, discussions and robust strategies to help their companies thrive in these challenging times. We will be interviewing business leaders, owners and experts in the field of business resilience. Welcome to Helping Organisations Thrive. Uh, today I have the great pleasure of Elsa Hogan. Uh, welcome, Elsa. Hello, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's great to see you and it's great to connect with you. Uh, I'm just going to tell the audience a little bit about you. Um, you're the Managing Director of RHH Franks, um, based in uh, sort of Southampton, uh, and you supply the aviation, marine and nuclear industries with quality components uh, all the way since 1961. Uh, you've also served in the British Army uh, for five years as an aircraft technician. So, so obviously a certain link there with what you're doing now and what you've done previously in the Army. Uh, and just because I'm really nosy and curious about people who come on this show is uh, I'd love to know what you love about what you do, Elsa. So I think the, the best thing um, within my role is the ability to make rapid change because we're, you know, an SME business and we're of a size where we can come up with fantastic ideas. We can instantly put them into, into action. And for me, that's one of the greatest things, the rapid change, the ability to make a real difference and very, very quickly. Brilliant. And have, have you always been interested in sort of aircraft and sort of aviation because obviously you went into the army in that way has that always been sort of part yeah. of you yeah definitely so um, my parents are engineers through and through so I was always brought up with that um, and growing up very close to Bournemouth we always had the Bournemouth Air Show every year and that was always very inspiring for me so mm. I kind of wanted to join my love for um, engineering and aviation together which is why I became an aircraft technician in the British Army and Obviously, what, what were your learnings from the British Army? It must have been quite a, a, some sort of uh, learnings that have helped you in your in your role now, I guess. Yeah, so I think the, the structure of the military environment was an eye-opener for me, and it was very beneficial. But predominantly, I'd say integrity. When it comes to working on live aircraft, you have to have integrity. There is, it, there, there's no grey area. It's black and white. Um, mm. And therefore, manufacturing aircraft parts now, it's, again, you know, instilling integrity throughout the business and making sure that if, if it's non-conforming, then it doesn't go out the door. We put everything in place to make sure that everything that leaves, leaves RHH Franks is conforming. And that's a, a highest priority of ours. Okay. And you must have had quite a, a challenging year or challenging 18 months uh, and we all we all have obviously clearly uh, and probably we're almost probably bored of talking about it in some ways uh, but you're in the aviation industry uh, and obviously not directly in the sense of flying stuff you make components uh, just because it's interesting to get your view of how that's changed you in the last 18 months and does that has that changed your perspective of how you will, will do things in the future as a business so it was quite it came at quite an interesting time actually because as a business we were coming together to develop our new future strategy it was January last year where we actually started talking about what we're really going to do for the next five to ten years and how we plan to achieve that um, and we had this plan which is obviously you know been disrupted by um, the current 18 months but at the same time it's still there and we if anything it's sort of slowed us down and being able to we've been able to review our plan in more detail and 
and sort of progress slower but at a steadier pace it has had a significant impact on our business as you can imagine but fortunately we make commercial and defense aircraft parts and the defense side has kept us going um, at a reduced rate but we're hoping that obviously we will come out bigger and brighter when everything starts to pick up again um, so yeah I think for me as a change it's a case of I, I'm very strategy focused I enjoy strategy and planning for the future it was just being very resilient we had the structure there, we had a business continuity plan, we had our strategy, uh, and we had to exercise it, which for the first time, you know, it was a bit of a shock, but we had it there, which was very, very, you know, beneficial to our business. And you mentioned resilience there, and again, a very probably overused word again right now in the last 18 months. And I guess mental strength is always needed in these situations. And it'd be interesting to understand how you have defined resilience and mental strength and what is it what does it mean to you in, in, within personally but also in the context of your business uh, so in the context of my business when you're leading a business you have to be the strength with the business with the support of your team around you you know they need somebody that I believe is a strong character to be able to drive the strategy and they rely on me and I rely on them as well so I make sure that I've got the right people in the right places throughout the business to be able to deliver our strategy that's that's is fundamental, I believe, to, to running a very, uh, uh, you know, good and strong and healthy business. Mm. On a personal note, uh, for me, what sort of got me through is is training and exercise because that is my time to reflect, uh, time to feel good. I do put a lot of effort into my training and I always have done and it's probably from my military days as well. Um, so that over the past 18 months has seen me through. Um, you know, I'll have a really long day in the office and I'll get home and I'll still go out for a run or ride the bike because that frees my mind and gives me, I believe, mental strength and resilience. And, and, and just, just going a bit more detail, how, how does that sort of training because uh, I know you do things like ultra running as well, which is obviously going beyond a marathon, which uh, physically exhausting, emotionally exhausting, and obviously mentally exhausting. In fact, it's more of a mental game, really, isn't it, more than anything else? Yeah. I how agree. does that help you? And how do you how do you how do you sort of do that as well? How do you go how do you go beyond a marathon? I mean, that's quite a, a challenge, isn't it? So I think um, a marathon is you know twenty six point two miles is something that we as humans have just you know picked a figure and that's that. When you psychologically go up, get over that distance, it is all in your head. If you can do 26.2 miles, you can do 30 miles, 40 miles and, you know, plus. So it is all in your head. Your, your mind wants to tell you to stop, to take the easy route, to slow down. But you have to break that barrier and keep going. And I think that's very similar in business. There are so many days where I've just, you know, said, oh, it would be so easy to stop right now. I could pack this all in and, you know, give up. But, but that's not me. And I think the ultra running and, and breaking that barrier, that mental barrier has been a real strength for me because there is no other option. You know, for me, it's you, you give everything 110 percent all the time um, mm. in business or in home life. Um, as to how I do it, it's just it's part of who I am. It's you know, the fabric of me. I don't see it as a chore. Um, same as nutrition is another um something that I'm very passionate about as well. And I don't see that, you know, I don't diet or anything like this. I just eat healthy. It's part of my lifestyle as mm. it's working and the way that I work, my style of working is just part of who I am. So just going back to that, it's interesting how you just said 
you know, a marathon is you know twenty six point two miles. It's just it's just a number, mm-hmm. uh, and and it's almost it's that reframing, isn't it? And trying to, you know, almost like if a marathon was thirteen miles, then going beyond thirteen miles would be a challenge. So, so it's actually it doesn't really matter. Um, how 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 in those points when you've gone beyond the marathon and um, done 30, 40 miles, how do you keep going? Because there must be at points when it, it's really tough. And obviously there's must some massive learnings here in business as well, where whether there's failure or mini failures, how do you keep going? What, what are you doing mentally to try and um, to do that? One step at a time. Like one, that's, that's all I, I can say. Genuinely, it's one step at a time and then you'll get closer to, to the goal. It doesn't have to be giant leaps. You know, lots of people, when you're talking about ultra running, um, let's say you're, you're 30K in and you, you're doing 50K. The last thing you want to think about is, oh God, I've got 20K left. But the next checkpoint might be in five. So you think, mm. right, all I need to do is get 5K and that's fine. So you put one foot in front of the other. And I think that's the same in business. It's just one day at a time, do the best you can do for that day or meeting mm. whatever you need to to get through um, and then in the end in bite-sized pieces you, you'll find yourself suddenly at the finish line and and that's that's the best way I can explain it and and I'm sure you know you, you may have had some failures along the way um, and in terms of the the world of running and and, and sports um, I'd like to get your understanding of What's your view on failure? Uh, do you see it as failure, and, and and how do you sort of pick yourself back up? Because uh, and, and explain any any particular big failures if, you, if you're willing to share that, obviously. <laughs> so <laughs> failure failure is um, you know it's difficult for everybody, but I like to reframe it. I'm quite an optimist, a positive person, mm. um, and so I reframe it as a, an opportunity to improve, um, to try and do better next time, learn from mistakes. You know all the, the sort of expectations. Um, so. One of the, the more recent ones is a few years ago, we had, um, I, I was doing an, an ultra run across the Jurassic Coast and I, I took a lot longer than what I expected, which meant that I, um, it was ironically the, the day of the Christmas do, our work's Christmas do, and I wanted it to really be at the Christmas do, so I couldn't finish the race. I had, uh, so you were running on, on the day in the evening was the Christmas do? Yes, yeah. Okay. So I, I had 10K to go and I, I felt terrible for thinking, gosh, you know what, I need to be at the Christmas do. I want to be there. So I, I pulled out. And to me, I felt uh, like that was a failure because I didn't, you know, complete the event. But then I thought, I, you know, I uh, completed, I think it was 26 miles by that point. I was really happy with my achievement. I can come back and do it another day. It's, you, you know, it's sort of swings and roundabouts. And at the end of this month, I was supposed to be doing um, a hundred mile event up in the Lake District. And um, about three months ago, I decided to pull out because work is just taking up all of my my time and my energy. I have been training, but as you know yourself, when you're doing ultra distances, you have to be a hundred percent committed. If you have that one percent of doubt then it will eat away at you at every single step you take. And then before you know it, you've convinced yourself to to pull out. Um, So for me, it's a case of I feel at the moment, I still feel a little bit, oh, why did I pull out? I should have just tried anyway. But I'm thinking there are lots of other events that I can do that I will be able to dedicate a lot more time to my training. The right thing to do now is to focus all my attention on work and making sure mm. that we are you know, here for the next 5, 10, and hopefully 60 years. Mm. Um, and so it's, it was a decision that I made rather than attempting something and then failing. I'm, I'm quite a logical person in the fact that if I don't, if I genuinely don't think that I would achieve it um i will i will stop 
It's yeah. about, I suppose, having realistic goals. Yeah, it is. And it's interesting because my, my view of failure is almost, I, I reframe it like yourself, I almost see failure really as feedback. Um, yeah. and, I, and I tend to, if I try something new, whether it's in a business context or in a personal context, and it doesn't work, uh, I, I try and look for a learning and thinking, okay, what was it? Was it that I don't do enough training, that I don't yeah. do enough research, were the right people, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I try to learn from it. Um, and so just just taking that sort of mental strength and, 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 and it's great that having that outside of work things, I think it's a really important part of our well-being, isn't it? Because, yes, you yeah. know, it's important to to process things, reflect. And, and, I, and I myself, when I do lots of trail running, it's a good to get away from devices with nature. And to be honest, I can't think of anything else except my breathing and running <laughs> my legs because yeah. it's quite challenging. Uh, and so actually it's it's really good for our, our well-being in that sense. I think being, being on the trails is very humbling as well. I know mm. every time I'm out in the new forest or, you know, my, my local forest, I just um, appreciate the beauty of what's around me. And it really puts life um, and all, everything that we're going through into context. Mm. You know, is, is the fact that something on the, the shop floor isn't working as I'd like it really such a big deal? You know, we've got our health, we've got our fitness, you know, we've got strong minds, that, that sort of stuff. It kind of puts everything into context, I feel. Mm. That's true, actually, because especially when you're out on the on like the South Downs or whatever, and some sort of big mountain, you, you feel quite insignificant in the sense, yeah. in the right sense. And I think that's quite good. And actually, things don't seem really as that bad yeah. as they should be. Uh, obviously, we're not talking about life and death here. Um, so how do you take that sort of mental stress, strength and those learnings you're gaining from outside of work and obviously internally, but how do you sort of cast that within the context of your team? How do you help them become sort of mentally strong because you could be mentally strong but how do you sort of translate that to your team what are you what are you doing uh, for that in, in your business so I try to support my team as much as possible um, just by being there you know being a sounding board I'm quite um, I have quite a loose touch on them I trust them to get on with their jobs that's what they're employed to do um, and therefore I just ensure that I'm there if they need them but also to make sure that they have all the resources that they need to be able to deliver their job um, to the best of their ability so I'm very mm-hmm. open with, with that um, and I think the feedback and relationship that I have with each member of my team and then as a team as a whole is phenomenal I'm exceptionally lucky to have such um, a great team around me um, and I, th- I think they'll all agree that we've got this really good um, culture within our business which helps to support that mm. and and just just looking at uh, your your values personally um, actually I'll look at some of your your company values one of them is is, is adapt which is interesting because I'm, I'm sure you've done a lot of adapting in the last um, 18 months again how do you take that value and and, and live it uh, what else are you doing uh, besides just the challenges of a pandemic how's that as a business going forward I think it's always looking at um, future opportunities you know different industries that we could break into or um, how could we reduce the risk to the business things like industry 4.0 or additive manufacturing we're always trying to keep our eye open for different opportunities doesn't mean we have to pursue them but mm. being aware of them means that if one one opportunity does crop up that feels right to us as, as a team as a business then we can adapt to, to suit it um i think um again sort of on the adaptation side if any of anybody within the, the business it could be the you know the, the shop floor assistant all the way up to one of the senior managers if they come up with an idea that's that is potentially um 
a great opportunity for the business or reduce risks or achieves what our strategy sets out mm. to achieve, then we try to see how we can achieve it. And that means adapting our business. Well, okay. So you're quite open for people to feed back in uh, whatever position there is as in, yes. as in terms of that contribution. Yeah. Definitely. And I think with um, obviously with COVID and everything, it's um, most businesses have had to learn to adapt very quickly. I mean, we're predominantly aerospace, but we're, we're looking into different industries, including the medical sector. And mm. although with our skill set, we can make almost anything. I truly believe that we can. It's mm. about adapting to different requirements, different standards, different expectations mm. and being able to expand our minds to accept that and see how we can fit it within our business. Mm. And obviously, with with adaption becomes uh, change. Um, how is your business with change? Because change, I mean, you, you must have, I presume, long lead times and lots of sort of um, processes in place, um, and already feels quite, as I say, that quite feel quite cumbersome. Not that you're a cumbersome business, but it could be. How, how does how do you manage that change? Not just with the people, but with the sort of processes as well. So historically, it's been quite difficult because um, we've got quite um, an aging workforce. That's one of our um, identified business risks. We're, we've got a plan in place to um, sort of mitigate that over the next five to 10 years with things like apprenticeship programs and whatnot. Um, but still, when, when you're talking about precision engineers that have perhaps been doing the same job for 20, 30, 40 years, um, they they are comfortable in what they know and their expertise. So trying to talk to them about change has been quite difficult. What I found is that getting them involved very early on, getting their buy-in, mm. you know, get, getting their feedback and input is really important when it comes to um, the success, success of the change and, and whether they see it as positive or not. Um, and also, we've, we've made quite a few fundamental changes. For example, we've extended our main uh, factory building. Mm. And uh, whilst that's great for the business, it's you know great for our capacity and our capability. It's something that we can sing about to all of our customers and um, stakeholders. For the guys on the shop floor, they perhaps, when we learned this, they, they perhaps didn't really know what impact that meant to them. So mm. every time we think about making change within the business, we always think, okay, well, what does this mean to the guys on the shop floor? How can we say to them, okay, well, if we do this, it means this to them and show them the mm. real benefits of it rather than just thinking, oh, this is going to make us, you know, um, more profitable or our, our turnover increase. So mm. we have to think about it from from their perspective in almost in their little bubbles in their departments. Yeah, that's brilliant, actually, because that's often you have strategies right at the top and, and, and what you're trying to achieve, obviously, because you're, you're trying to drive a business forward. But actually, the, the implications are, are throughout the organisation, aren't they? They are, yeah. indeed. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, ultimately, we want the business to succeed. Uh, we want to be here, as I said, in another 60 years time, mm. which means that these guys will be having, you know, an employment for a really long time. They'll be having diversifying um, diversification within the work that they manufacture. They'll have opportunities for training and development. And these are all really beneficial things for the business, mm. also for them, too. So it's important to be able to communicate that to them. And just looking back on the last sort of 12, 18 months, uh, what, I don't know, one or two things that the, the pandemic showed to you as a business or created as a positive that you can go, actually, this pandemic has made us go in this direction or do this, things differently. Is, is there any things that you, you particularly remember or notes? 
for me, it would be time. We had a lot of projects planned last year. As I said, from, from January last year, we had a lot of projects and we wanted to get them done quickly and, and right, of course, but quickly. Mm. Um, and what the pandemic's meant is that we've had to slow down and really assess the situation and really hit these these projects slowly but doing it right and it's worked for us so I think any any future project um, I think will go uh, when we plan the timeline I think we'll make sure that we extend it as, as far as reasonably practical of course mm. um, to make sure that we really absorb the project and make sure that we we do it right from day one that there's no point doing a project rushed and you know making mistakes because ultimately it will just take longer so mm. we need to make sure that we do all of our planning um, and take our time to be able to do that and fortunately covid made us realize that well really we wanted to do you know three or four huge projects last year very quickly it just mm. wouldn't have worked it would have been just too much so mm. having that element of time is i think been quite an eye-opener about how we approach future projects that's brilliant actually so actually almost the pause button or slowing you down a little bit yeah. has made you learn actually slowing down is a good thing to to do it actually is. yeah we don't yeah. always have to work at mac 10 no, and I think a lot of people realise that as well in, in, in the sort of personal lives, actually, just slowing yeah. the pace of life down a little bit is quite healthy to, to reflect and also do things with what really matters. Uh, and I think businesses are starting to be a bit more what really matters to us as a business, what's our purpose and how does that manifest itself uh, in that sort of context. Yeah. Um, so just, just going forward, uh, I, guess, what, what, I know you're an optimist uh, and obviously very optimistic about the future. What are, are your views on the future of your business and your industry? So I, I truly believe that when aerospace comes back, it's going to come back and then some. I think everybody's obviously itching to travel when the, when the world is a bit safer again. I think people are going to take advantage of the fact that we have this beautiful planet. You can't guarantee that you're going to be around tomorrow. So, you know, you, you want to make the most of it. Um, and therefore, I think there's going to be a huge demand um, in air travel in which case business will be good on that regard. I think COVID isn't going anywhere, so we need to plan for, for how we're going to manage that and hence, mm. you know, looking at different options with devices and things that we as a business can make in our in our diversification. Yeah. Um, even looking at the nu nuclear industry, you know, they're, they're looking at small uh, modular reactors to be more accessible, reduce the risk if anything were to go wrong. So I think technology is developing and advancing and we certainly want to be a part of that. It's always about remaining open and and, uh, and following mm. trends, even things like you know net net zero. Um, how can we support industries with achieving that target? That's brilliant, and it's interesting because being a company that's over sixty years old, uh, sometimes you can get sort of hankered too much in the past, can't we? And our, our history, yeah. and which is obviously good. It's good to have credibility. It's good to have it's long standing. But actually, it sounds like you're opening up the gates to all sorts of opportunities ideas and perhaps covid has, has, has fueled that faster for you yeah uh, which is interesting actually yeah i think so the, i mean the way i see it is that if we don't um change innovate you know and, and be very forward thinking is all of our competitors will be and we'll be left behind so it's really important to to make mm. sure that we're at the forefront of it excellent well it's been a delight to talk to you, Elsa, and um, I, I really like your insights and your thoughts and certainly your thoughts on how to be mentally strong as, as a leader. Uh, and you're in a demanding role, but also in industry as well in this sort of time. Um, if people want to connect with you and sort of get in touch with you, what's the best way of doing that? Um, I suggest my LinkedIn page, which is just Elsa Hogan on LinkedIn and you'll find me. Brilliant. Well, well thank you for your time today. If you like this episode, then please do subscribe 
do share with your friends and do check out other episodes in the series. If you're looking for support and help in your organisation to create a resilient culture, then please do get in contact with me on julianrobertsconsulting.com. Thank you.